in Matthew chapter number 26 this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter number 26 is where we're going to try to find what the Lord wants for us this morning. And so I got some notes jotted down um, as quickly as possible as Brother Daniel was telling us and, uh, and preaching to us, and that was a good blessing. And I believe, um, and you, you probably believe this as well, um, that um, each one of us who have been born again and who have been saved and washed in the blood and changed have uh, an absolute reason and should so live in this world um, that others could see Jesus in us. We are to be the light of the world. Um, he is the light. He shines through us. And um, we know Matthew 5 tells us about that. We're to be the salt of the earth. And if the salt have lost its savor, then wherewith shall it be salted? It is good for nothing. He is forth cast under the foot and trodden under the foot of men. And I know I quoted that and messed it all up, but it's still close. And, and thank the Lord for the word of God. And um, it's, um, that's the facts, is that we're to be the salt, we're to be the light in this earth. And I think when others see us, we ought to be seen as Jesus sees us. We ought to be seen, in, Jesus ought to be seen through us. I mean, we'd all agree with that this morning. Um, and so Je Jesus, in our passage here, he's just been arrested, and I'm nervous this morning, by the way. Um, Jesus has just been arrested at this point, and he has been taken to the home of the high priest. And he's getting ready to obviously be crucified and everything's about to take place that we know is going to take place. And we understand that crucifixion's about to take place. Uh, everything that takes place to Christ, is about, he's about to get spat on. He's about to get uh, whipped. Uh, he's about to get beaten uh, to a bloody pulp. Everything is about to take place. And we see in our text that there is a man, and where we're going to read, there's a man by the name of Peter. And we're going to read about him. So verse number, um, let's go to verse number 56. The Bible says, and you can stand if you're able and will reverence the word of God. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophet might be fulfilled. We understand what has just taken place. Gethsemane has just taken place. And Christ has went into Gethsemane and sweated as it were great drops of blood. And he went into there in agony, and the Bible says his soul was exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. And he was in that place at this time. And we understand that Judas Iscariot has led the soldiers to Jesus, and they have, he has absolutely um, sold him to those for 30 pieces of silver. And he sold them there, and um, they took hold of him. And, uh, you know, some of the disciples wanted to be tough men at that point, yet they have been sleeping for some time. And I tell you, sometime, friend, let me, let me just give you just a real quick, just a little tidbit. It's going to be too late one day, and they were sleeping. It's going to be too late one day to hang out with Jesus, amen. It's going to be too late to spend our time with him. It's going to be too late to be saved one day. And, um, but right here, yeah, there's a situation that takes place where in the next phrase where the Bible says, Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And they that had laid hold on Jesus laid him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter, but Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. 
Let's move on down to verse 69 if we could. The Bible says, Now Peter sat within, without in the palace, and a damsel came into him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they, they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou, art, thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the words of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. What a sad moment. You can be seated. Thank you for standing, Lord. We love you. We ask you, God, to just help us this morning. Lord, help us in every way. God, we pray, God, that you'd get ultimate glory from this place this morning. And, Lord, that I would be uh, um, just a mouthpiece for you, Lord, a servant unto you. Thank you for what you've already done. But, Lord, we're not done with church this morning. You're not either. And we pray, God, you'd work in the hearts of men um, that are here this morning. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So here Peter is, and he's at this point. And he's, um, he has just left um, from Gethsemane with Christ. And we understand everything that took off there, so I don't need to leave no backdrop for you. But he left there and... Here he is, and the Bible says that he followed them afar off. He fought, at least he didn't leave, okay? He followed them afar off. And we can give him the benefit of the doubt all we want to because we're a lot like him. But, but I understand this, and, and, and here he is now, uh, and we understand from other accounts that he has been uh, in a point, he's sitting by a fire, and we understand John tells us of that. And he's sitting by a fire and that sort of stuff. But that night by that fire, Peter made one of the biggest uh, failures that he ever did in his life. And I'm not just going to give Peter a hard time because I know me, okay? Um, but, but here he is and he made a, such a, I would say, one of his greatest failures as a child of God he made that night sitting by that fire. Uh, and he had been put in the position where his light could have shined uh, um, brightly and it could have shined intently into all of the hearts of those wicked people at that point of time. Uh, um, but instead, it was just an invisible light. It was not a light that shined out at all, but it was invisible. And no one was able uh, to see Jesus in Peter that night. They saw that G, they saw that Peter was um, uh, they saw that Peter was a follower uh, of Jesus, but they did not see Jesus uh, coming out of Peter. And they saw that there was a Jew coming out of Peter, but they did not see Jesus uh, coming out of Peter, but rather they heard other words. They heard things that ought not be um, discussed and ought not come out the mouth of a child of God. Uh, and they seen those things, but they could not see Jesus. And Peter. And so Peter was saved. He was born again. We agree on that, right? Everybody say amen. We agree that Peter was born again. Uh, but he was living the, he was living that new life. And um, but, but but that night, that night, you couldn't tell it that much. And I believe we could all say that there's been nights like that for us. I believe that to be the case, but when we are born again, the fact is is that we're no we're we're different people, right? The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
And if we believe the Bible is the rightly divided, uh, a rightly divided word of God, and we believe that it's inspired and it's infallible, and then 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 absolutely it's the case. Then we are new creatures. And so we look at this, and 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 when we are we we are like that, and the Bible tells us in First Corinthians that we're what does light have to do with darkness? Light dispels darkness. You turn lights off, it's going to be a little bit darker than it is in here, but we got a bunch of windows, but it's going to be a little darker. But if it was dark outside, we turn lights off, we wouldn't be able to see a whole lot in here. But if you turn lights on, it, that darkness disappears. And so, so, so we are to be a living and a breathing and a walking testimony uh, um, to the life-changing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you're supposed to be, uh, and that's what I'm supposed to be this morning. And so I want to preach on this thought uh, um, quickly. Um, the Lord gave it to me about um, 40 minutes ago, uh, and I want to preach it to you just quickly. And so I want to preach this thought. Are they seeing Jesus when they see you? Are they seeing Jesus when they see you? Now I want to notice three things and I'll be done. Number one, I want to notice the transformation transformation of your new life. The transformation of your new life. And so Peter was not uh, the man that he used to be. And we agree on that. Peter was not the man that he once was. Uh, um, He had been transformed by the power uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the power of God and salvation uh, um, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Uh, It is the power of God. And so uh, he has been changed. Uh, um, He has been changed completely and transformed by the power of God. Of Jesus Christ. We can look back and say, we can say the past of Peter. We can look back at the past of Peter. And if we were to look back at the past of Peter, we'd find that Peter was a fisherman. Is that right? Peter was a fisherman and they were known for their wicked lifestyles. You do some study of fishermen uh, and you do some studies of fishermen today. They're the biggest liars in the world. Uh, um, but I tell you is that they are there and they are wicked lifestyles and known by that. And by Peter's own admission, uh, um, he was a sinful man. Luke chapter 5. He was a sinful man, and he tells us that. But, but friend, I, I, do you remember? Do you remember the life that Jesus changed you from, uh, and the past that you used to have, and where you were when the Lord found you? Were, do you remember that lifestyle? Because I remember that lifestyle, uh, and you know, I, you may not remember it all, and you might not want to remember it all. But I tell you, you can can just think back to that life before Jesus. Man, what grace have we experienced this morning? What grace! And you know, the, when the light shined into the darkness of your life, uh, and and when you were saved by the glorious grace of God, uh, I'm telling you, it's all Him. It ain't nothing about me. Uh, I could have never saved myself, but He saved me. Man, thank God for the transformation. We can think of the past of Peter and then we can go on and we can think of the profession of Peter and we can find uh, um, that Peter, when he bowed before the Lord uh, um, there on the fishing boat in Luke chapter 5 and verse number 8, and uh, Peter says, Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but nobody confesses somebody to be Lord unless they're actually Lord. Is that right? And so we see some change, uh, um, a change in Peter, and we know that that the the, the depth, of, the the depth of Peter's profession. Uh, uh, we can read it in Matthew chapter number sixteen. We can read it there, uh, and we can read it in a few other different situations. But we can uh, um, read it in John and so on. John chapter six, I think it is. Uh, but I tell you, Peter was a saved man. I know I'm scattered this morning, but Peter was a saved man. 
And he was a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and Jesus asked him if he was. And he said, yeah, you are the son of God. You're son of God. And, and he believed him. So I, I tell you, I, has there ever been a moment where you believed him? Has there ever been a moment where you bowed before the Lord and confessed and professed uh, um, and received him as your Savior? Because if they hadn't been, friend, they can be. Amen. Amen. But if you have been, I say praise his name this morning. Amen. Amen. I thank the Lord that he changed me. I thank the Lord that he saved me. Amen. Because deser- I'm a deserving of hell. I am. And I thank God that there was a profession in my life on May the 5th. But it wasn't a, just a profession, but I called it, friend, and I got it. And I got it all. Amen. I got it all at one time. Isn't that amazing? I got it all at one time. And I know there's sanctification. We ain't going to get into all that doctrine. But I tell you, is that I'm thankful that God saved me from who I used to be. Man, I was lost. But I'm thankful I don't have to worry about hell. I think I've got a home in heaven. Amen. But Peter, he had a past. Some in here may have a worse past than I did, but some may have a better past than I did. And thank the Lord for either one. I tell you. He had a profession. He changed. And then we can go on and find the proof of Peter and we can look at some things in his life. And there were, there were times when Peter uh, had an excellent walk with the Lord. He had a wonderful walk with the Lord. And I've already mentioned two times when he had a vocal profession of the Lord uh, and we could read them there. But, but, but there are others. Uh, there's times when Peter had a vocal profession when others were silent. It's wonderful. There's times when he talked too much. You know that time in Matthew chapter number 17 when he talked about, hey, why don't we just put up a, why don't we just build three tabernacles here up here on this hill? Or four tabernacles, actually. We can just build four tabernacles up here. We can build, you know, one for, one for Moses and one for Elijah and one for you, Lord, and then build one for me, too. He's talking a little too much, you know. But, 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 but sometimes he had those professions and he had those times where he was very vocal in his belief of Christ. And he was with the Lord. And by the way, he was with the Lord all the time. He stuck with the Lord. He was born again and he stayed with it. But I tell you, he had some fault. He had some faulting moments. And so Peter had, there had been also times where Peter, Peter he sought to defend the Lord. There's been times where he sought to defend the Lord. And, and G- he even sought to defend him there at Gethsemane just prior to this with a sword. Now, I don't know about y'all. There was four of them. Is that right? It's Peter, James, and John. There was Jesus. Now, if you should do some stuff, the Romans, they probably brought a lot. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not going to stand up to all them. I, not, not just me alone. There's probably only one sword there. I'm not going to stand up. Y'all with me this morning? I'm not going to stand up to all of them alone. But he, he said, I'm going to do it because it's my Lord here. I'm going to stand up to him. And so all I'm saying is that. But, but when it got to all of this and, and even at the rest of Jesus and even at, and when all the other disciples uh, backed off and had fled away, uh, as, the, as the text tells us, when all of that happened, Peter followed him afar off. Peter didn't leave him. Peter had real fruit in his life. He did. He had real genuine fruit in his life, but can you see fruit in your life? 
You know, the Bible uses an illustration in Mark chapter number 11. The Bible uses an illustration where it's the only, it's actually the only miracle where Jesus judged something. And um, Jesus judged the, you know, the fruitless fig tree there, right? And it's type of Israel, and we understand all the prophetic view to it, and he's speaking of Israel and stuff. But the problem was is they, that, that fruit tree, you know, it was April. You can do some study on that. And it, it was April when all that happened, and, and he come up to that fig tree, and he saw the leaves a long ways off. And, but, you know, the problem with the fig tree is that it was April. It wasn't time for fruit, but it had leaves. And if you do study before the leaves come, the figs are going to come. So it had a profession, but it had no possession. So it was covered up. It had, it had no fruit. It had, there was no fruit to the figs there. Uh, and so Jesus judged it and them, that fig tree. And guess what? That fig tree started dying from the bottom up. You ever tree, seen a tree fall, die from the bottom up? No, but it did. That's full judgment. And that's what Jesus did to that fig tree. But because it had no fruit, is my point. It had no fruit. And, and, and so in your life, friend, in your life, uh, do you have the profession, but do you have the possession? Is there fruit coming for your life? Because Peter had fruit uh, in his life. And, and the presence, uh, the, the, the badge, if you will, of uh, your salvation is fruit. That is what it is. You'll know the tree by the fruit it bears. Uh, and I understand that every branch in Jesus will bear fruit. Will. 100%. It will bear fruit, and that's your proof of a Christian life. And, it, and you know, you don't have to prove nobody, to, nothing to nobody. And you surely don't have to prove anything to Him. Uh, but I tell you, your life will have fruit in it. And if it does, praise the Lord for it, friend. But I tell you, there are, there are three basic types of fruit that the Lord bears in the lives of Christian sanctification. That's a good fruit. Now you can understand you read in, uh, there over there in, um, I think it's in Romans chapter 6. Let me turn over there just quick, real quick. In, in the book of Romans in chapter number 6, I want to read a scripture to you. And I'm, I'm trying to hurry and I'm trying to get my mind on my head. But I tell you is that Romans chapter number 6 verse 22, the Bible says, But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Is that what I tell you? Fruit unto holiness? What a sanctification, we can study that. But I tell you, is that there is that thing, and we ought to be that. Then there's a fruit of spirituality. That is, we behave more like Him. Right? We can get it out of Scripture, because I like using the Scripture, because it is the best commentary. Um, Galatians chapter 5, and verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Every time you look upon the cross of Calvary, you see those nine fruits of the Spirit. Every time you look up at there, you will see the nine fruits of the Spirit. You got love. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. You got joy. For the joy that was set before him, he... Despised, he endured the shame, despised it, and took upon the cross. He took upon the Romans, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. You can go through all of those nine fruits of the Spirit, and when you look at Calvary, you'll see them. Uh, and when you look at one who's been to Calvary, you'll see it from them too. 
There will be nine fruits of the Spirit. There will be fruits uh, of the Spirit when it comes to those who have been crucified with the lust thereof. And that's, if we've been crucified with Christ, we've been resurrected with Christ, we understand all that, we've been baptized with Christ, we understand all the things that come with that. But I tell you the truth, if you've been crucified, you will have fruit. If you have. And so, we are to be like Him. Do you have any proof? Do you have any proof? I know this is a little tough this morning, but listen, I, it's to me too. The Lord's dealing with my heart right now, and I'm telling you the truth this morning is that when we comes to all this, Peter was there, and Peter had proof. He had, he had fruit in his life. But when it come to this moment, you couldn't have seen one of those fruits. Just telling you. Then I want you to see the problem. There was a problem there. There was a problem of Peter. In spite of all that Peter had done, in spite of everything that you could put in his portfolio at this point in time, in spite of all that, he still fell into the sin of denying Christ. I see more people in this day deny Christ when they're standing in front of their friends than anywhere. I see it too many times. Waylon's age, I'm telling you, it's going to be too easy to do this because I know because I've been there, okay? You get in those moments where you just want to feel, you just want to fit in. You just want to feel like everything's okay and I'm just going to go there. Even though I'm not supposed to be here, I'm going to fit in, so I'm just going to go ahead and deny him. I'm telling you, that's a problem. Peter denied him three times. And at one point, he done so with cursing him. With cursing, not necessarily cursing him, but cursing. Man. I tell you, regardless of the changes that we have experienced with Jesus, and regardless of all the things that through Jesus, and I believe all my sins are forgiven past, present, future. I believe that. I 100% believe that. I believe that he paid for every single one of my sins because he died one time and he ain't going to have to die again. I believe all those things. I understand that. But, but it's very possible to fall back into sin. It's very possible to do that. Why? Why? Because we still wear uh, um, the flesh. We still have the flesh. Uh, my flesh has not been saved yet. It's not been glorified. That will happen one day. We went through that the other day, remember? Be glorified together. When we rise up to meet Jesus in the cloud. We understand that. We understand that, but friend, you're just as capable to sin this morning as you've ever been. You are. I mean, I mean, I, I, I hate it. I hate it. My flesh is it's in my damnic nature. First Adam doomed me, the second Adam saved me. I mean, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that I have been saved from it, but I still hate, and it grieves me every time I sin. It grieves my heart because I know what he went through to pay for my sin. It grieves me. It grieves me, friend. But I tell you, just look out. Because we all sin. Because the Bible says, if you confess through your mouth, or excuse me, I'm trying to get this first, but I, if, you, if you make a confession, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And he is faithful. He's faithful and he'll do it again and again, just as the preacher said this morning. But man, how would it be if I were to live that life even closer to him and try to... Is it possible not to sin? 
not in my flesh, it's never going to be possible not to sin. And here's one thing I say. Just because I'm a Christian don't make me perfect. It just means I try. It means I try to be perfect. Just mean, I, and I tell you, when you think you have it all under control, you're going to trip over the same, trump, same stump you tripped over yesterday. It's just something that happens in our life, and I'll never justify sin. Because sin is sin. I don't care what it is. It's still sin. Amen. If it was sin in the Bible, it doesn't matter if it's the Old Testament or New Testament. If God absolutely put it back in, it is still sin today. Uh, and I tell you, we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful because that's a problem in the life of a child of God. It's a problem, and it was a problem in Peter's life because he chose to deny Jesus three times. I'm just trying to give you my heart this morning. There was a transformation, though, of the new life. And secondly, I want you to notice not only the transformation of the new life, but there's a testimony of the new life. There's a testimony, right? So there's a testimony of the new life. Every life of every redeemed child of God and every person that's living, that's ever been redeemed uh, and walking, they ought to be a walking uh, sermon. They ought to be a walking message uh, about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, I fail and I'm not perfect either, but I tell you the truth, we ought to be a walking message for Him. A testimony. And your life either says, you know, Jesus saved me and He... He changed me, man, he changed me. Or it says something along the lines, you know, my life has not changed. He changed, he saved me, but man, I just, I just ain't changed like I ought to change. It's called, it's called sanctification. Somebody never, somebody get, never gets past, some people never gets past day one. Doesn't mean the Lord hadn't saved them. It doesn't mean that. But I believe the Lord will change somebody. In some extent, if that's able. I do believe that. I've seen it time and time again. And, and, and you know, Peter, at, at this point in his life, uh, he's, he's demonstrating a pretty poor testimony, wouldn't you say? And I'm not just getting so hard on Peter because I'm getting hard on you and me too, okay? But I'm just telling you is that he's demonstrating here in our text a pretty poor testimony. And several different things we could look at concerning that that are just, are just a terrible display of Christianity when it comes to Christ. God help us, man. God help us. We can look at a few things. We can look at Peter. One, one, we can hit on this. Peter was in the wrong place. That's number one. Peter was in the wrong place. Peter followed Jesus, but he did not go all the way with Jesus. About that. Oh my. He went, he went with Jesus, but he just didn't go all the way. And we understand that there was only one disciple that was there at crucifixion, and that was John the Beloved. We understand that to be the case, but he stays outside, and you know, as you heard many old preachers probably say, warming himself by the fire, around the enemy's fire, by the way, and he was there in that, and he would have been better of hiding with the other disciples than he would have been to hiding with the other enemies. I mean, really. There are just some places in this life that the believer ought not go. Amen. I, I mean, some I know. I know the church. I, listen, I, I know church. You're a good church, good people. Sometimes you just got to dig it back up a little while. There's some places a child of God ought not go. 
Amen. You claim to be a child of God, there's a place you ought not be. There's some places that you have absolutely no business being in. Telling you, telling you. You wonder why you're having to deal with things. That's why. Because your your flesh is pulling you this way and your Christianity is pulling I'm telling you, that's how it's. And before you go anywhere, you ought to ask you, if this, if, if Jesus were to be with me, would he want to go to this place? I'm telling you, if the answer is no, then you have no business going there. <laughs> He's going to be with you anyways. Promise he'll never leave you. Is that right? Man, I wouldn't want to take God. I wouldn't want to take the Spirit to some of these places. Be careful where you go. People are watching you. Might be little eyes watching you. Be careful for that, friend. Peter was in the wrong place. Secondly, Peter was with the wrong people. Now, that night Peter was associated with the wrong crowd. We understand that. And it wasn't long until he's acting just like them. I mean, is that true? Wasn't long. Man, I wish I could have just preached on Calvary or something this morning. But I'm telling you, this is just what the Lord has in my heart, okay? You need to, you need to, you need to perform great caution when it comes to the people you associate with. I mean... As missionaries, it's even tougher, I know. I know that it is. Because they really got some eyeballs on them. You know, I got y'all's eyeballs on me, but they got a bunch of churches on them. Thank God for the pastor and thank God for all of them. That, thank God for missionaries that live the right way, amen? That's all I got to say. But I'm telling you the truth this morning is that Peter started to act like them. He started to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. The Bible tells us that the wrong kind of influence on our lives will cause some type of serious results in our lives. Um, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians in chapter number 15, the Bible says... Be not deceived, evil communication corrupts good manners. Simply stated, just an easy term, bad friends will make a bad friend out of you. They will. So we must be careful. And uh, we must be careful. If people only come to church because you come to church, y'all be careful. It's hard to say, I'm telling you the truth this morning, but it's hard to see people, my friends, right? My friends, they'll only go somewhere if you're going, right? That's tough. Because you know what that means? When you ain't there, they ain't either. It's sad. I'd be careful. I'd be very, very careful when it comes to that. Be careful who you associate with because people are watching you. People are watching you. Then also we can look at Peter's life and simply see that Peter gives the wrong, not only is he around the wrong people in the wrong place, but he's a wrong performance. He's in this and he's sitting there and, and the Bible tells us that Peter began to swear. He certainly didn't sound like a preacher. 
Amen. He didn't sound like no preacher there, and I know preachers today that that say their words and like that. That he probably said in the pulpit. But I, I don't care who they are. It's wrong. I don't care who they are, how big they're known, how good they are. It's wrong. And Peter here is around the wrong crowd, and he's doing the wrong stuff. Isn't that just how it seems to happen sometimes? I mean, really, well, but what does your life say about you? Like, what does your life say about Jesus? We, we heard it in the Sunday school hour this morning that we got liberty, but, man, there's going, to be, there's going to be some bonds to it. There's going to be some change to it. There's so many people that's living how they please and doing whatever they want to do and proclaiming Christianity. And I have heard it very, very, very straight to my face where a man simply told me, he said, if that man's a Christian, so am I. That man was lost as a ball in high weeds, man. Headed to the devil's hell. It's sad, y'all. It's sad. And, and man, if, 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 some, if some lost people out there watched the TV shows that we watched and seen that we watched them and stuff like that, you know, they'd probably say the same stuff. Really? I mean, really, y'all, I, movies. Listen, I'm all for movies, but, man, there's some bad ones out there today. I don't know what any of y'all watch. I ain't never been to your house and watched movies with you. But I'm just telling you the truth this morning is that if they listen to your music, they'd say, man, we're just like them. I mean, really, if they met your friends, they'd say, man, we are just like them. We're cool. We are good. We are going to go to heaven if they are. And if they listen to your conversation, they'd say, we're just like them. And if they saw how you treat other people, they'd say, we're just like them. And if they were to look at you and they see how you react when you're wrong, they'd say, we are just like them. This could go on and on, friend, I'm telling you. It's saddened my heart this morning. And it grieves me to think that I have grieved somebody from coming to Christ. And I try to be the best Christian I can be, but man, it ain't all me. I can't do it. It's going to have to take the power of the Holy Ghost to do it. But it's going to take me crucified. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. It's going to be Him. It's going to take all Him, friend. And we have to submit ourselves to His Lordship, submit ourselves to His leadership, and let Him lead us in His life. Friend, when people see you in, a, in the closet hours, man, how will... They look at you. God help me. I tell you, they had, we we are to we are supposed to make the Lord look good. Yeah. Amen. And ain't nothing. That, I mean, I'm 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 not a very attractive dude. I'm not a very. I mean, I try to be nice, but I fail, man. I fail with this. Make the Lord look. You don't have to. He's always going to be good, by the way. Man, we ought to be a light and salt in this earth. We ought to be that. We're supposed to help those people. What kind of message is your life 
proclaim it. We see the transformation, the testimony of the new life, and then lastly, I'm done, the triumph of the new life. We understand there is triumph for it. I know I just beat you over the head with a bat, but I'm, I'm telling you is that there's triumph from this, okay? And we can look at it and check out a few things when we can look at this, but we see that Peter had remembrance. The Bible says in verse 75 that Peter remembered the words of Jesus. Peter looked back and he remembered what the Lord had said to him. He remembered what the Lord had said to him. And in verse number 33, the Bible says that Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall offend, be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. That is a lie. Wasn't that he was well? I don't know. It wasn't that he was just offended. Man, he sure was. He sure was denying it. Jesus said to him, "Verily I say unto thee, that this night, tonight, before the cock crew, thou shalt deny me thrice." Peter said unto him, "Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee." Likewise, also said the other disciples. Eleven lied. I tell you, no matter how far you wander off into sin, no matter how cold your heart gets towards the things of God, no matter how out of fire you are for the Lord, you'll never be able to get away from what Jesus did in your life. Man, as far as you get away from God, you'll still remember the Father. You'll still remember Him. You know that, that prodigal never once forgot the Father. According to the verse, I mean, it was consistent. It was consistent. The father was brought back up. The father was brought back. I wonder if the father. You know, I'm telling you, you had a remembrance to that. And you'll never forget how good God's been to you. I'll never forget how good God's been to me. No matter how far away from God I get, which God forbid I ever, but I, but I don't put it past anything. Because Paul said, my, I myself could be a castaway. I've preached to others, but I myself could be a castaway. I don't want to be that. But I'll never, I'll never forget how good God's been to me. Man, God has been so good to me, friend. He's been so good to me. And when, when the church of, when the church of Ephesus, I think it was, got cold on the Lord, and Jesus counseled them to remember them things. Remember that. And I'm telling you, friend, it's some of God's people to remember who they are uh, and where they are this morning. Your life, your body, your time, your money, your youth. Everything you can look at are, are, are not yours to use as you please. They're His. We must be God's, but understand we have liberty. I'm just telling you this morning, they, God wants us to be his servants. We're to be ambassadors for Christ, as representatives for Christ in this life. And Peter, at this point, after he'd cursed God, after he said, I know not the man, and after the cock crowed, he looked over and he said, Hey, I remember. I remember the words that the Lord already told me. Man, don't ever forget when the Lord said he'd save you, don't forget it. Because there will be times of doubt. There will be times of confusion. And when he says, I saved you the first time, I promise you he never takes his word back. Hallelujah. Amen.
And we see Peter's repentance. He remembered that he repented. I believe that he did. And um, I believe that's a simple fact there that we can look at. At the end of verse 75, the Bible says very clearly, at the end of verse 75, before the cock crew, they shout, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Man, I, I cannot just state for a simple fact that Peter absolutely repented. But man, I believe Peter might have wept over his sins. I believe he might have wept over what he did. I believe Peter might have done something and come to the Lord in humble repentance at that point of time. Sad. Because the Lord, what he had done to the Lord. Just imagine it, friend. Just imagine it. And I believe the Lord forgave him, though. The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, right? Faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm so glad that he is. But I'm telling you this morning is that when we come to that point, we ought to find our place, our place in repentance. We are to get before him. We are to get before him in every manner of way. We ought to get before him in repentance. It's very serious, y'all. It's very serious. We are to find our place around an altar and repent for the Lord. I'm telling you this morning, it's so important to find our place around the altar. Because you sin and I sin, and we must confess our sins. That's the first of the verse. Lord, just help me with it. If we confess your sins, he's faithful and just forgiven us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm telling you this morning, I understand that there's a lot going on right now. But something that is going on in our lives is we're going to sin. And Peter found himself and wept bitterly. You know, we've lost our tears. You may not have, but a lot of people have lost their tears. It grieves me to think that I've sinned against a holy God who sent his son to die on the cross for my sins. Then we can think about Peter's restoration. Now, Peter fell. The Lord clearly forgave him and restored him. When the day of Pentecost came, Peter stood in the power of the Holy Spirit and he preached the gospel. He preached the gospel to many. And guess what? 3,000 souls got saved. Then 5,000 later. My point is he failed, but it wasn't permanent. Lord restored him and used him for his glory. And I'm glad this morning that the Lord can do that. There's simple facts that we have to confess them before we can do it. I believe the Lord to forgive our sins. I believe the Lord forgave our sins before we ever got saved because he died a long time ago. But we had to accept it. We had to accept what he did. We had to accept everything that he done and believe it in our hearts and confess it and all that kind of stuff. I'm just telling you this morning, friend, there is a, an absolute fact in this life that 
God will restore, but man, we got to repent. I still believe in repentance, don't you? Get back to Him. Confess, repent, and He'll restore you. And I know this was a completely different avenue, but I'm just telling you this morning, this is what the Lord has on my heart. I know it wasn't real high, and I know all those things. But can others see Jesus in you? When I got saved, I got the best thing that I could possibly ask for. I got Jesus. I got everything. I got absolutely everything. and You couldn't give me the amount of gold in this world to amount to what I got when I got Christ. I'm telling you, you could not add it up. But when I look at you, I ought to see Jesus in you. But when you look at me, you ought to see Jesus in me too. If a God as big as him gets in someone as small as me, like they say, you know, he's got to stick out somewhere. He's got to stick out somewhere. And I'm not talking about just shouting and running the aisles and jumping out windows and hanging off a chandelier. That's not all it's all about, friend. But it's how you live, how you display your life for Christ. You can be saved and not be a Christian. Being Christian means Christ-like. Saved and not being Christian. I don't mean that on a literal point, but you can get what I mean. We got to be like Him. And if we have to be like Him in this day and this hour. Because more than anything, what people need in this world today is not you, is not me, but they need Him. Gospel. They need the gospel. Is that right? It's the power of God and the salvation. But the gospel don't have hands. It don't have feet. And we got to be those. We got to go. We got to go before going up. But there's a lot that we have to do. And man, if they don't see Jesus in you, then don't 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 even think about them even trying. You can't have one cuss word. One cuss word. You can't even say one cuss word, and then the next be the gospel, and you think it's going to be okay. Because they'll have the same thing you got. Shallow gospel. Shallow salvation. God help us to be more like him. So when he comes, we're going to be like him. right? We're going to be like him. First John chapter 3 tells us we're going to be like him. Why can't we be like him now? They need to see Jesus in us, friend. They need to see Jesus in us. That's my plea this morning. I don't know what the Lord said. I don't know how the Lord's dealt. I'm just trying to be obedient to Him. And uh, I'm going to ask somebody to come play if you have a piano. Listen, I don't know if you just need to just ask the Lord to help you. I don't know your heart, okay? I'm not Jesus and I'm not the Spirit of God, okay? But I want my life to be more like Him every day. Every day I want my life to be more like Him. And it ought to be better than it was yesterday. I mean, you heard it this morning, love thy neighbor as a self. Love thy neighbor? Love thy neighbor. Whoa. 
Jesus to find the neighbors, when he when Jesus to, was asked to define the neighbors, when he was asked to define all that, you know what he did? He gave the parable of the, the Good Samaritan. And in defining neighbors, there was many different aspects, there was many different ways that come in there, but he had to define the neighbors. And so he was defining the neighbors as in all that passed by him. All that passed by him. God help us, man, love our neighbors. Then the Bible tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves. But what about, what about our anger and what about our hatred and all the response and everything? God help us to be more like him in that. God help us. That's all I got.